0: Well, thanks for listening to the kind of refurbished or rebuilt, rebuilt podcast. Uh, We're kind of changing tack in what we're doing uh, with these podcasts. Uh, One of the reasons we're doing that is because we now do these Wednesday webinars, and you can join them, uh, join us for our our weekly Wednesday webinars at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So that's kind of where we download content and give content to help you rebuild your church. Um, What we're going to be doing now through these rebuilt podcasts is stories of people in the pews and how the methods of rebuilt have helped change their lives and brought about a relationship with Jesus Christ and helped them to grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. And what we hope from these is there's first first of all I'll let you know you have the same stories in your pews. If you're a member of Nativity, hopefully it connects you to some people that you know or some stories you maybe you didn't know of people here in the parish and again help you to see how the rebuilt model works. So we're going to be having some interviews with um People from the parish. Uh, the first one that I'm so excited that you'll be able to listen to, Ian. Ian is the quintessential Timonium Tim. If you've heard us talk about Timonium Tim, Ian is him. And so uh, I think as you listen to this podcast with Ian, look out for especially how the organization in the church uh, being organized helped draw him in to a relationship with Christ or putting him on really that spiritual journey and that is just one note these are people who are all different places in their spiritual journey that you're going to hear about in this Rebuild podcast so I'm very excited for, for you to listen in on this first Rebuild podcast in which we're interviewing people from our pews and to hear the story of Ian thanks for checking it out hey Ian thanks for uh doing this and uh being on this podcast and just give a little background sure. on yourself where you grew up that kind of stuff. I grew up here in Hunt in, Valley. In Hunt Valley, okay. Yep.
1: Went to high school here, which is obviously popular in Baltimore to say where you went to high school and not college. So I went right. to Calvert Hall, okay. And um, I, for this purpose, it, I, I didn't grow up in a religious setting, okay. Which, I was, that was
0: my next question. Yeah, but, but <laughs> like, so what was your fa- family faith background growing up?
1: So it was a mix of Judaism and Catholicism, okay. So I thought it was kind of interesting because I got to see both of those worlds and be a little more educated. Okay. Where I think a lot of people who don't know other cultures, other religions, they might be closed minded and they might be a little more stubborn to things or like judgmental. Where I got to see, uh, and Buddhism too, I got to see those three and just understand their concepts and what they're about. And So,
0: Judaism, who was, who was Jewish? My mom.
1: Your, your mom. Okay. And then it's your father's Catholic. Mm-hmm. And then where's the Buddhism come in? Where were you oh, my uncle. To that? Okay. I just I was fascinated with the amount of just peace and calm I experienced from him, and I always just asked him what's going, on, and he would just he would just teach me about meditation, and so it's just an interesting trifecta of information. Okay. Yeah. So
0: just going back to where you are right now a little
1: bit. What you're you're married? Mm-hmm. Married two kids. I, I still live here, and my dream is to move to Los Angeles. Okay. Just. I want to, I want that weather. I want that lifestyle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're glad you're here right yeah. now. Uh, man, And then talk about what you do for a living real, real quick too.
1: I do a bunch of stuff. So I have a, I have a real estate sales and marketing business here in Baltimore and one in Los Angeles. I have uh, a podcast called men on purpose, which is a highly rated, you know, men's transformational development podcast, self-help, um, of a new podcast called men in action that we're starting actually next week. Um, And I have a a large international coaching business where I coach mainly men, but also I do have a lot of women clients too. Um, Basically to get out of their own way, it's like life coaching, business coaching. I help people create businesses. I help them. I just help them get the life that they've always envisioned that they just can't, they can't get. So you kind of of see yourself
0: as a guide, a mentor to help people get where they want to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I, mean, I think that's the way we want to try to position ourselves as a church, too. Like, sure. I don't know if you ever heard this of, of like being the Yoda for people. Totally. That, okay, you get, you get that analogy. Totally. Like we're not the hero in the story. You know, I, I think it's, we want to say God's the hero ultimately, right. but even as a church, we want to be the Yoda to help you in your relationship with God and help you be
1: the hero. Well, you have you definitely do that. Okay. Yeah. that's um, working. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I, I like learning from you on that, and I want to continue to learn from you sure. on that. Uh, so growing up, so a kind of mix then of Catholicism, Judaism... Mm-hmm. And Buddhism. Yeah.
1: So, what was your conception of God? Would you say growing up? It was a uh, opportunistic, or I'm blanking on the word, but it was when you need it or when you need him, he's there. Or safety valve. Yeah, kind of. It's like Like a pressure relief valve, something like that. And it was never like a. It was never an education on on a relationship. It was just a, it was like a one-sided relationship. It was like, when I need you, you better be there. Okay. You know? <laughs> all right. And that's all I, and, and no fault of anybody who taught me or didn't teach me. I, that's just how I formed my concepts. And, and did, were you going to, to Sunday school? Were no. you going to Catholic, you weren't going to
0: Catholic mass? I mean, I went to
1: Catholic school. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which is so very strange.
0: Yeah. So you went to Calvert Hall, where'd you go to, where'd you go to grade school?
1: Um, uh, Cockeysville.
0: Okay, so, yeah, you were, you were, so regular so school
1: until Calvert Hall. Right, yep. great.
0: Right. Public school, then then Catholic high school, but still, even in that,
1: nothing. Kind of, I could. was. But, well, I mean, you know this story, but for the audience, I, nothing against Calvert Hall, but there, it it was a real turnoff for me. Okay, because it was just shoved down my throat. You have to remember, this is the mid '90s. This isn't today. The, the way it is today, I mean, I know there's a lot of guidance from this church to that school and to a lot of schools around. I loved that school. I loved going there. I loved the people. I'm still friends with a lot of people I Mm -hmm. went to high school with. I loved the discipline that I got. I'm not much of a formal education kind of guy, but I I loved that school. The thing that I didn't love was that you get in line when it came to the religious piece and aspects or you're out and you're going to be made to feel like you're out. And it was
0: that's why we felt like shoved down your throat because yeah. you had, you had to just believe it. Was that kind of what you Yeah,
1: doing? It was, it was, uh, and again, this is my experience. So anybody listening who was like, well, I went to Calvert Hall and I didn't, st-.
0: yeah, yeah, no, this is we my experience. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I, and again, I love it. I donate to the school. However, the religious aspect, it was so one sided. It didn't leave room for me in it. Huh. And so the way that I associated it was, was it's, it's, god and the religion and then your life surrounds it okay what i experience here is the complete opposite which is your life and this church and god and all the aspects surround your life Mm -hmm. and help you where you need something in your life and they fill in gaps in relationships or with your personal relationship or or work or society whatever it is that's a huge difference like Drastic, okay. Life-changing differences. Um, I feel like I want to drill into that more. But
0: I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not sure where to go, <laughs> though, with it, because I, I, that's, that's a huge you thing. You probably
1: have another question that will dig into that. Yeah, so ahead. maybe
0: we'll just we'll pause that because <laughs> I, I like that. So what I was going to go with is that how did you then get introduced to Nativity sure. um, and, and to begin with?
1: So, uh, I mean, my wife grew up Catholic and in, in Los Angeles and going to a really great church there she loved. And so it was important for her um when we got married she wanted to get married in the church i was highly against it okay. only because my only experience was f- everybody shoved it down my throat there was no like hey would you like to experience this would you would you like to try this do you want to understand more about this it was this is the way and if you don't get it you don't get it you're out okay and so i said well okay whatever you can have whatever you want i'm i'm fine with that i just I don't want an overly religious three-hour crazy ceremony. I don't want all that. I just want like a 10-minute, like, do you, do you, God sees you. <laughs> That's it. Like That was okay. it. And then a couple years later, I would say probably... What year did you get married, by the way? Uh, 2011. Tomorrow's my nine-year anniversary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I, she just started having this desire to go to church. And... We asked around. I think it was 2015, maybe 2014. Okay, like so five in, or six years ago. In this yeah. old building, yeah, right before they built the new church. Yeah, and I, it was like you know my video. It was like I guess I'll go. Okay, fine. Like twist my arm, I'll go. And then I started coming here, and she said, "Can you just you know I I have I have multiple businesses, and I there are things that I don't like that I have to figure out how to." learn to like and learn to love within the business because I love the business as a whole. Well, it's the same thing with the marriage and the relationship. But like, There was parts that I just didn't love, like coming to church, but I, I wanted everything to be as, as great as possible, so I needed to learn to love something here. And that's what she said was, look, there's a bunch of, I think they have a band and they have, uh, they have a lot of AV and tech stuff. You like tech stuff? Why don't you just focus on that? Uh-huh. And so I did. This is before you'd ever come, or this was after you come. No, this is like after the. So my parents' neighbor, ironically, just said, "We go to nativity. You should, you should check this place out. It's pretty wild. Like it's not like any other church that we've ever experienced." And I was like, "Well, mayor, mayor kind of wants to go to a church. Maybe she knows about it. I'll, I'll bring it up. Let's okay." And then we started talking about it, and she said, "Let's go." I was still hesitant. Came here, and I, like I said in the video, I didn't hate it. And that was actually pretty surprising to me. I didn't hate it because that's when I was the first, the first hurdle, that's a low hurdle to get right, over. But yeah. Right. And I'm telling you right now, it was a fight in my house. Like that's an hour of my day and I don't want to waste it there. And I don't want to wake up early and I don't want to have to get dressed up, which is the traditional sense. Like this guy's going to preach at me and he's probably got some whacked out ideals. And I don't want that in my life right now. You know, I just don't want that. I consider myself more of a, like a wild pony, bronco, stallion kind of thing, and as long as the gate's open, I'm cool standing inside the corral. But if you close that gate, I'm gonna hop the fence very quickly. Okay, that's, that's a, a good. Analogy. That's a good Yeah, yeah, that's good. So we came here, and um, and, I, and I didn't
0: hate it. So that okay? That was it. You said so you walk away and say I'm coming back, or just like all right, I didn't hate it, so I'll come back. That kind no, of no.
1: It was it was just it, I didn't hate it. So if you want to come back, we can come back. Okay. I also felt because I'd put up such a resistance and I know that people listening are going to, are going to associate with this. I'd put up such a resistance to church that even if I wanted to come back, I couldn't, I couldn't say, Hey, uh, I think we should go back because <laughs> now all, all, all of a sudden yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm completely turned. And,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And now I'm like, well, what are people going to think now? I'm a church guy. Cause I like this, you know, I sort of like this place, but yeah. I heard you speak and I heard, father white speak and it was very different than I'd ever experienced. It was about me. It was about my life. It was about the world that I live in, not how this church should be everything that I need, right? It's not the center. I was. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced a religious organization, church, people from a religious organization talking about how it's not the center of the universe. Like God, maybe, okay. however, like it was about me, and I was like wow this is this is pretty cool uh,
0: okay that, no I think that's that's kind of where I wanted to dig into, but I love that part. what yeah. you're saying is that God's the center, yeah, and you can put make God, but don't make the church and what all we're doing the center, right, right. You, yeah, and like you got to do what we're saying, you got to do, and yeah. our rules, and everything. I think I think I got what you're saying now, that's good, yeah um so. You 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 got here because you didn't hate it, right? (laughs) And your wife made you come. You encouraged you to come. Made you come, or you did it for her. But you got you're sitting here talking to an interview with me, right? What
1: got you more engaged then to to step more into the parish and get engaged with us? Uh, A bunch of things. First, I saw how much she liked it. I wanted to be supportive. It was something that was important. She is so supportive of everything, every crazy idea that I have, things I want to take risks on. She's a uh, my my biggest supporter, and so I I didn't want to take that from her if it was important. You know, I didn't want to be that guy. And then once we had our daughter five years ago, we started bringing her, and it was like, okay, now this is a family activity. My wife likes this. My daughter seems to like it. I should I, I should just I should open up my mindset, and my brain to this. But I think what I was afraid of was getting brainwashed. Like, I felt brainwashed in high school. Again, my opinion, yeah. my experience. Okay. But I, I felt like it was one way. And if you didn't follow this one way, there's something wrong with you. And I didn't feel that here. And I, I, I still had this on guard. Like, I, I, I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, you still had that? No, no, no. Oh, I okay. was. Okay. No, not, right. not anymore. Okay. But they, they, um, I was like, they're, they're baiting me. By Christmas time, they're gonna drop something on me, like I'm. Not, they're gonna lock the doors, and I'm gonna to have to cut a check, or like something's gonna happen here. Huh. That was just my mindset. No, that's good. That's real helpful to hear. Yeah, but it never happened, and the other shoe never dropped. It's both feet were actually on the ground, and okay. I learned to trust a big organization like this. I learned to trust the Catholic Church because, really, what you and Father White, and subsequently the entire staff, are doing here is. Um, and I'm not paid to be here, by the way, this is me on <laughs> <all> my own <laughs> reconnaissance cause I love this place. Um, it, it, changed my whole mind of the way that a church should be. And I think that you should, you are the model for churches out there who want to grow into the, the, this century. I think that this is the model.
0: So you, you said before in our conversation before about the business kind of your business guy, entrepreneur yep. kind of guy. And that some of the organization, the business sense here, you saw, can you talk Love about it. that a little bit more yep. what, what exactly hit you?
1: Sure. So uh, over the years we, we were, we would come for like six months and then we'd kind of have a th- three month hiatus. Yeah. And then we took like, we took off so long that I came back here and that building was here. The new okay. building was here. Okay. So like a year. Okay. Maybe two. Um, I've repented for that, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't judging you and uh and so we came back and i just felt this energy here that was different even then the old like this part the old part yeah. I, the, this energy this new sense of just something was here so we started coming back and then what really shifted my mind um and really got me like fully engaged in gear was last year i had uh some some challenges with an old business partner and I needed somebody quickly because I was melting in my mind Like I felt like I had really messed up and, and, and I didn't like, this was a a partner had stolen a bunch of money from our company and kind of fled. And I, I really blamed myself and I, I needed somebody and I didn't want like a shrink or I I wanted a honestly, I wanted a God-based solution because I knew this was in me to solve. This wasn't like, Oh, go take a pill or go do this or, Hmm. you know, so, I showed up here on July 14th of last year, um, 2019, and, and I was highly emotional, but I, I w- allowed myself to be emotional in the, in, the, in the pews because I knew I wouldn't be judged. So, that morning, I woke up because I thought my wife said we need to go to Nativity. And this is no joke, audience, by the way. This is, like, this is real. For me, this is very real. It's very strange still, but I woke up, I got dressed, and... I went downstairs and I said, what are you doing? And my wife was, and her sister were there and, and our kids were playing. And, and she said, what are you talking about? Where are you going? And I said, didn't you just come wake me up and say we need to go to Nativity? She, says, she goes, no, but the, judging by the look on your face, you might need to go there because it looked like wow. you saw a ghost. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to question this. I'm just going to go. Wow. So I came over here and I was just, I was just an emotional wreck. And I, and every single time I'm, I'm in that, that service, that mass, you guys know exactly what's going on in my life, like exactly what's going on and everything's very topical. So I forget the, I forget the message, but it was like there. And I spent like 15 minutes just pouring tears onto the ground afterwards. And I, and ironically, that was like the only time that I'd ever seen, I think it was like a, like a prayer group or a prayer circle, like people just coming in and just sitting with people and praying for them. Okay. But nobody came up to me and I was quite all right with that. I just, I didn't need that. I just wanted to be alone in that sanctuary, just in that presence. Mm. And, um, and I felt it that day. Like, still sounds weird for me to say that, but I definitely felt that presence. Like I had never felt before. So I wandered out into the hallway and I saw the next steps kiosk. And I, and this, there was a sign that said like, what is your gift that you can give here? or something like that. And I was like looking at it, and the person that was working the next step kiosk said, well, what's your gift? And I said, leadership. And she was like, great. So do you have a business? Do you, are you a manager somewhere? And we started talking, and I just felt like, okay, I, it's time. I've been talking about small groups for five years. It's time to hit a small group. I picked up a copy of Rebuilt, which they gave me, and I went home and I read the whole thing. And if I wasn't in at, if I wasn't in before that, After I read Rebuilt and and really realized what business you guys built here, and I'm not talking about a money-making enterprise. I'm talking about a business with systems and structures and procedures and staff and missions and visions. I was hooked at that point because I was so impressed by what you guys had built and not quit and not thrown in the towel the hundreds of times over a decade, really, that you probably should have. And now to see this... I appreciate just the the sheer entrepreneurship, the vision, the leadership. I just appreciate all that. So that is what elevated my experience here. Okay, yeah, that drew you in more. Okay, yeah, that's an awesome story. Yeah, that's
0: cool. And I I think if you know if anyone's listening to other parishes, just the idea of that leadership and organizational that all matters, and it all sometimes we think of that as not like religious or spiritual. It's all there. But all that led up to you kind of. experiencing this moment and, and driving, bringing you back in. Yep. So, you know, you were saying to me before we did this, I'm not really religious, you know, I figured that's how you said it. I'm not. So, um, let's on a scale from like negative 10 to positive 10, where would you say you were in your relationship with Christ, when you came to this church? So negative ten is kinda of like a Satanist. I <laughs> no, no, say. it wasn't. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ten's Mother Teresa, right? I guess that's kinda of, and somewhere in between, you know Zero?
1: Zero. Yeah. Okay. So I, were- I don't even know if I have a relationship with Christ. Okay. A relationship with God. Okay. I don't even know. Like maybe that's a conversation we need to have. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I do. I I, I don't not. I also don't know if I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't r I, I guess I guess that's the next phase of my evolution here is I don't I don't know what that I don't know. I don't know what I should be experiencing to say I have that or not. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's you know. I want you to have that. Yeah. But that's even like where we're saying is so zero. You, you say you're zero now, or I, I you don't. Were, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the context or basis around that. Maybe that's your job to. That's your next guidance job for me is. I, sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, and I'm open. Like I'm completely open. Yeah. You hear what I didn't like. And so I don't ever think I experienced that here. Um, the other thing that I, I want to make mention of is that your opinions and father white's opinions and the rest of the staff that has a microphone right, as an influencer, I and mean, thousands of tens of thousands that listen to every Sunday, you don't drive your opinions home. Like you don't drive it into people you might say something and then it's more of a, more of a, this is the church's, our church's opinion, this church's opinion on this thing so right. that people don't feel like, well, I don't like, well, Tom's up there and Tom's a leader and I don't think like Tom. So am I not a leader? Like I, I like the way that you guys do that. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, share your opinion. You try to help people form sure. their thinking as, as father Michael said recently. And yeah, um, you know, I, I was listening to another pastor said this. You know, I'm going to give you God's opinion, not mine, because his opinion is better than mine anyway. Right, so, right, uh, right. Pastor Bill Johnson at, at Bethel. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, well, going back to that presence you felt, mm. how have you interpreted that? that?
1: Yeah. Um, that I think, like, my leadership needs to be used in other ways besides business. Okay. And... I was just open to saying yes to things. Now, right. there are things that I do here that kind of don't serve me as much or don't, I don't serve it as much, so I'm, I'm shifting. But something like this and, and helping with something that I'm an expert in, like building podcasts or businesses, that's more in my wheelhouse. So I want to be as serving as I can here and also be serving of me too in my skills and right. time and all that right. stuff.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, I talk about that all the time. I think, you know, Jesus, when he asked people to do things, never just said, Hey, do it. Cause it's the right thing to do. Right. Do it for totally altruistic reasons. Right. He said, do this and you'll be rewarded. You'll see the reward on the other hands, yeah. uh, you know, give and it'll be given to you, you know, pray in secret and your father will reward you in secret. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would just say, yeah, that presence is exactly though what I think we, that's begins to become an encounter with Christ,
1: right? That that is Christ present. That's the Holy Could Spirit be. present right there. I mean, I was called here. I was brought here. It wasn't like my wife didn't wake me up that morning and say, just come on, let's roll, let's, let's go. Like, and I sat here in, in defense. Like, I think the clearance and the new, the new possibility was I came on my own for the first time in my life, and I, and I was <laughs> accepting of okay. myself for doing that. Right. So she didn't come with you, obviously. No, it was just either. me by myself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I caught home and she was like, what is up? And I, was like, I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I just experienced, but I think we're going to go to church from now on. Okay. She was like, did you, did they give you money or something? I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said no, they, uh, I, I think I just, I, I think I opened up my, like I think I, I opened some blind spots in my life. And I think that that is, serving of my life now because my wife was my wife had just gotten pregnant right so our our son's like nine months old now okay almost nine months old and i i saw it as a before i saw religion as a crutch or a, a hindrance yep um or a limitation almost and now i saw it it wasn't religion it was joining this organization like i'm not a part of any other churches i'm not going and like frolicking around to church after church to give right. my time it's this place that i feel connected with yeah. so i opened up for an opportunity or just to expand my mindset around what could i give and experience here through all the people the presence of god a relationship with christ all that stuff so i was just open to that then i also said well being open to that that I've been so close-minded to for so long what else could that open up in my life who else could I influence who else could I help yeah I know it's just an open mindset there all right
0: so you say you don't have a relationship with Christ you would say you don't I mean what do you think of Jesus I what don't do you know. find attractive about Jesus
1: I mean wh- any stories any kind of I you know I guess um I guess maybe that's the last piece of the puzzle or okay. the next piece of the puzzle I mean,
0: if someone said to you, who's the, you know, you're a little kid, one of your kids comes up and says, yeah. you know, daddy, who's Jesus? Right.
1: What do, you, what do you say? That's a tough one, man. That's a really <laughs> tough one. I know. I mean, um, I, I honestly don't know what I'd say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have all these ideas in my mind, but it it almost is like, I don't want to tell you because I think it's going to sound really stupid. No, say it. No,
0: now you got to say like, It's not like we're this, recording this it or is, uh, anything, but. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a. Um, one of the most, if not the most important figures of history, this is, um, I, I like to think of him as the man, not like the, the entity almost like, uh, I think, I think there's a lot of pedestals that he's put on, but I, I like to think of him as a man who was fully connected mind and body spirit. And just like, when you have that energy that just sinks, you can walk on water, you can make magic happen. Like that's, there's, there's, I, I don't, I, that's the way that I see it. There's no like just foo-foo magic-y stuff. It's a guy that was completely dialed in like maybe no one else in history has ever been. Mindset and body and everything just completely aligned and able to do the most extraordinary things that would like blow anybody's mind. Okay. And so when you read anything from the Bible, everybody's impressed, well, not everybody, but most people are you couldn't ignore him.
0: Right. You, could, you couldn't yeah. ignore Jesus. You yeah. either
1: hated him or you loved him. Right. But you, you couldn't just say, oh, he's vanilla. Right. 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 That, you, you, can't, you can't do that. And I, I, I don't know if there's anybody like that today. Right. But there's uh, uh, that's what I like to think of is that this was a man who was extraordinary in every capacity.
0: So um, here, let, me, let me put it this way. Yeah. And this could be about Jesus or, you know, conception of God as well. Um it's been said about people are attracted to God because of the good, the true, the beautiful, or God brings unity. Yeah. Like people get attracted to God because they see the goodness of God somehow. And they look someone somebody like kind of St. Francis or the beauty, someone like Michelangelo or yeah. the truth, someone like St. Thomas Aquinas uh, or unity that God is, uni- you know, three, three persons, one God. And that God does bring people together a little bit. Any of those four kind of like, yeah, that's the one I would something, say attracts me to God.
1: Something that, That kind of popped into my brain when you were speaking, when you said Michelangelo was that the, um, the sculpture, David, Yeah, I use that a lot. I use that analogy a lot in my coaching business with people who are, people think that they have to change everything about themselves. But what I tell them is it's like the David in the marble analogy. When Michelangelo was asked how he created David, he said, I, I didn't really create him. I just chipped away the pieces that weren't him, right. and he was just there. Yeah. And so I think there's an aspect to God in that, with, or, or coming to a place like this, which is it helps you check in and have awareness around the pieces that aren't you. Because there's a purity here, and with God, there's a, it's just a clean, pure essence or energy there that I I think has helped me get clarity and some sort of check-in and and counterbalance. If, if there was, like there is a counterbalance, like, I feel like when I come here, I get to almost see the pieces that aren't me that I've put on to protect myself from fear or pain or societal pressures or being an entrepreneur or being, this kid's dad or whatever, like, I get to kind of have a light shone on it here. Huh.
0: Yeah. That's, 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 that's a very interesting analogy there. Yeah. yeah it just reminds me of a, a, there's a thing called the chisel skit a long time ago about Jesus coming and chiseling off the stuff yeah. that's us. That's not good in us, right? Same like thing. Like pride or greed yep. or yeah, same yeah, thing. all these things and chiseling that out. And that's what he's doing to make us become more like, more like him. So. Yeah.
1: This is a counterbalance that's what i've learned counterbalance to 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 all the stuff that's just kind of put on you by like if you watch the news like that is it's horrific what it can do to your brain yeah and your and subsequently your body you know your energy and your cells and um i think that there's a there's a swing back here which it shows you like greed and selfishness and envy and things like that they are not parts of you. You, yeah. have, you have assumed them. You have brought them that's on good, because no? they serve you out there. But in here, it, nobody's, nobody cares.
0: Yeah, and that's where God's moving you. No, that's right. totally good. And that's, yeah. yeah, that's not who God has created us to be. And sometimes we confuse ourselves with those right. things, but that's not who we are. Yep. Yeah, we're being born to the image of Christ. We're being put into the image of Christ. You're a bigger theologian than you know, Ian. So that's <laughs> like a great analogy there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, you talked about you don't remember what that message was that day. I was going to ask you if there's
1: any messages Go, or message we, series. We can look at it. Okay. We, I'm sure we can find July 14th, 2019. That's crazy. You know the date. That's so cool. So, but
0: you don't even remember what the message was. It just, nope. it was, I, hitting don't, you. I don't,
1: I, I just, um, I, f- I just felt I was supposed to be there. For those of you that don't know Father White, he has this. Um, just easiness to his personality dryness to his humor but everybody laughs (laughs) but not because they have to but because he actually there's there's like humor that he's putting into things but he he has a cadence to his voice that makes you pay attention Mm -hmm. like it's the things that and I've always wanted to ask him this like it's the things that you study in in like stage school or like speaking from the stage (laughs) these cadences to to put it out and catch the audience and then bring them back yeah. into something. He has that. So I, I remember that I was fully attentive, even though I was emotional. I felt that this was the safe place for me to bleed out whatever needed to be bled out. The pressure I was putting on myself, the, 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 I mean, not hatred, but the severe dislike of who I was as a business owner and the mistakes that I had made and just beating myself up. I got to bleed it out here in a safe space And he was sort of my guide that day so i don't remember the message
0: okay well i think that's interesting for anyone that's listening to this that is a a communicator Mm -hmm. sometimes not even so much what you say but how you say it like you're just saying there and and the presentation and the authenticity that comes by uh, is just as important as the message or content itself so that's fine when i speak um when i listen to someone else speak i'm constantly listening for the content when I evaluate myself and watch myself, yep. I'm watching for tone. tone I'm watching yep. for my, what I look like. I'm not paying even attention to content. Yeah, so. I get that. Um, how about any songs from Mass that have ever like hit you square in the eye or, or songs
1: you've... Watched by the water. Okay.
0: Yep. <laughs> that's funny because I can't stand that song. Really? That's
1: good, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, and, you know, who's the... I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the, um, the guy, the singer? Al Walsh, yeah. No, no, Al, not Al. Al. Simon. Yeah, yeah, that dude's captivating.
0: Yeah, like, Simon. He
1: sang that that day, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna go YouTube that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it in private," but, and I did. And my and then I later that night, I heard my daughter, who was two at the time, two and a half, singing it. Yeah, yeah. it's a very catchy song. I, catchy. I totally agree. Yep. But when you hear it live, yeah, it's a lot different. Even, the the radio version, like the actual band's version, is great. When you hear it live, and you can feel it touches you yeah. but i've been a swimmer my whole life i'm uh, i'm infatuated with water in under around it by it uh, you know it, that just that rang that rang with me nothing like no other song huh. ever here has rang with me okay yeah so and,
0: so there i mean there is there is a connection though because you, mm-hmm. you like swim you like the water yep any other message from that song that you took away from that that's giving you guidance or just connected you to god or
1: I'm trying to remember the words. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my problem with the song, by the way. It's
0: great. It's it's very catchy, but I'm like, it, I don't know what it means. So there I you didn't go. Either. There you go. I, I just like the I like the beginning.
1: Like yeah. I just I like the build up. Yeah.
0: So kind of switching back. I mean, what key insights do you think you've learned about God here at Nativity? Would you say like this is what I've definitely learned or pick, or picked up on?
1: I learned the I learned true unconditional here, about unconditional love. Yep. I really did. My mom's never going to listen to this, so I'm going to tell you that my mom has been very conditional with her love, and she didn't. It's not her fault. That's how she was raised. My dad's very. uh, I'm sorry. My mom was very conditional. My dad was very unconditional with his love. So there wasn't a balance there. My mom was unconditional and conditional at the same time. So here I got a I got a balance of the masculine and feminine energy, unconditional love. Because that day I came here and I cried my eyes out. You know, I'm a 36-year-old guy sitting in the pews crying. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. there, was, I, there was no fear of judgment. Hmm. And then to be honest with you guys, like, remember going to Catholic school and having a Jewish background? It's not easy. It wasn't easy. And especially in the mid-90s. Like, it's not today, like, where we have social media and we have all this justice and, you know, groups marching. We, we, this, there wasn't, it wasn't there. I was, the, I was that guy. I was the only guy. And so for me to be able to be free to say like, yeah, this is my background. I know you're not going to judge me. You're actually going to use me for me, not judge me because of something from my past or something that I have a part of me. So there was a, there's just a huge unconditional love piece that taught me something here that I was able to radiate out into my life, which is those people that don't accept me in my full authentic way, as long as I'm being authentic and I'm clear on that and I'm not just faking or acting or coming from ego, that I, I can, I can completely accept that. And I can also accept the people that don't get it and don't accept me. And I learned that here.
0: So what, what made you feel that unconditional love or welcomed or anything specific or just Um, the whole
1: environment or father Nicholas was really the first, well, Susan was really the first person I, I talked to in depth here. And they invited me to the, that was Sunday the 14th, the next Thursday was an event at Bordy. I came out, we felt immediately welcomed. And I kept saying, like, do, do, they, like, do, they, do they know that like, I'm not religious? Do they know that I have a Jewish background? Do they know I, I don't care about any of this stuff? I'm just here for my wife. But nobody cared, they were just here. They were just it was me, it just was just happy you're here. It was me in the present moment that they were that they wanted to be around. Hmm. And I really don't know if I've ever experienced that in my life where where somebody is just with you because it's you in the present, not like, oh, I'm with you because you have or because you do or because you are. Hmm. And that's, that was big. That was really big.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of something that Annie Stanley says, that acceptance paves the way to influence.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that if we want to influence people, you got to accept them first no matter where they are, what they totally. believe. And, um, you know, we work to do that, we Don't you know. Yeah. So that, that's, you guys,
1: that's great. You met me where I was. And there's, there's, there are other big things I've done in my life that, after that where you met me like it or they met me where I was and at that moment that's who I am to them and there's like 36 years behind they don't it doesn't matter it's just in that moment going forward and that's a very good way of doing things and that's what opened me to saying yes to a lot of stuff here some stuff serves some doesn't Right. That's okay. I just said yes because it was so impactful to me. I wanted to be impactful to this place.
0: Yeah, and I think that, kind of that, you know, I asked you earlier about the negative ten, the positive ten on your relationship with Christ, and you know that, that's gotten that from North Point as well. And they're like, hey, we just want to meet everyone wherever they are on that continuum, yeah. from Satanist <laughs> to again to Mother <laughs> Teresa, and accept them where they are. And but you want to lead people somewhere. You want to lead people to Jesus Christ, but. Yeah we can't lead anybody anywhere until we've accepted. So I think it's it's a great testimony yep. to that. Anything you're learning right now from the church or anything that's hitting you right now or learning
1: spiritually? Um I mean obviously with COVID it's been just different and yeah. I haven't been as involved as as I would like to be physically. It's just a little it's a little more difficult to do calls on Zoom with people and yeah. you know the stuff we did at Riley's just to be all distance apart and it, you know, it's, it's just different. And, um, what I'm learning is, you know, I accepted a group, group life position cause I wanted to lead. And then when COVID like literally COVID hit and everything shifted and changed. My life got much fuller because I decided just let's gas pedal down on a couple other businesses that I have. And let's yeah. start two new businesses and a, on a podcast wow. and let's get crazy with things. This is the time. And so I felt like I wasn't able – I just haven't been able to serve in the way that I intended to. However, this type of thing is where I think I can serve at an even higher level. Okay. You know what I mean?
0: And what was the group life thing that was just helping Susan and mm-hmm. kind of trying – can you be kind of promoting to guys to get in the small group yeah. and you're sharing your experience? Yep. Yeah. Um, anything – you know, what, you kind of said this a little bit. Anything you're struggling with right now, or questions for you that are the, maybe, maybe you've already shared this? But what's your biggest question, or biggest doubt, or or struggle of faith right now? Oh, with faith, yeah. You can share whatever you want too, if
1: you want. Um, um I don't, I don't, I don't think I have any. Okay. I mean, okay. I wish that things could just go back to the way they were because I like the concourse and seeing a thousand okay. people out there and hanging out, and the energy of a packed house inside and And, uh, and just being a part of that. And when I move, I, like my wife said, are we going to join a church in LA? And I said, I mean, it's going to, that's a, that's a tall order yeah. to try and try and keep up or, or do what Nativity's done. Like that's a tall order. Maybe we just, we're going to stay with nativity online and, and, you know, come back. Like I'm going to be back here every couple weeks because we'll still have a business here. Like maybe I just I pop back in here yeah. and it, it's just that you created a, a, a level of standard that not many churches can hit.
0: Yeah. Well, we get in trouble for that too. <laughs> we get
1: accused <laughs> for that, but our, our whole point is try to raise parishes
0: up and well, other churches up. Yeah.
1: You, you've done that, but you, you're doing that through leading and raising the people up and their awareness and their level of connection with God and with themselves. So if you don't have a relationship with yourself, you really can't do much more than that. Hmm. You can't open up to all this other over here and then leave this building and go home and be completely empty. You, you, it can't just be one thing that fills. You have to be able to fill your own bucket at some point yep. and use right. God's power for that. Yeah. Here's the thing that I do struggle with. I have to be careful here. So I want your opinion on this too. Okay. I, I hear too many people say... That they'll just wait for God to do something. Yep. Or they'll just wait for God to deliver this. Yep. Or, no, I've gone to here, now God will take me the rest of the way. Yep. And I I feel the opposite of that. Like, God delivered this. Now there's free will and choice for you to make that call. He's given you that. I know I, that's just my concept I'll and tell idea. you, I and mean, that's
0: something I, that is an incredible mystery that I've struggled with sure. my, my whole life. Of kind of God and man or God and human beings working together. Yeah. And first of all, that's what God wants, is, is a total cooperation between God oh. and him. And, and all is grace. And that it's, it starts with God's grace. God gives us the grace. I love what Dallas Willard says, saints burn grace like rocket fuel. <laughs> but grace is not opposed to effort. Right. Grace is opposed to earning. So that's what it means. It's like some people are like, oh, grace, that means God will just take care of it. No. Yeah, it won't it's exactly like what you're saying. Yep. It is we put in our effort and do what we can do and believe that grace will multiply it. Yeah. And I think that's what is against the kind of victim mentality that sometimes can set in. Like, okay, God, why aren't you doing anything? And God's like, well, you need to do what I've asked you to do. Yeah. I, and then I'll move.
1: I gave you this sign or I gave you this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you like the, the worship song we played, um, Hands Are Open. I want to move, so you will move. Right. Is the song. In other words, I know I got to go do something. Yes. And as I go do what God's called me to do, then I'm going to see Him move. That's it. Um, was Psalm 21? I was listening, reading, listening, looking at. Like it said, you know, the King, you've given Him the desires of your heart. And I read that a while back. And this was, you know, the, the building you're talking about yep. was a desire on my heart for years. You know, that took years of work, right? One. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a desire on my heart. And I remember after the building was built, reading Psalm 21 and saying, for you've given the king the desires of your heart. And I just like put it down. I'm like, man, that's it. Yeah. That's it. God gave me what I prayed for. And of course, God wants it too. But God didn't build the building. He empowered you. Yeah. It was God's grace. God was at work. I could tell you all these different stories of God at work. Sure. And God, I think, put it in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't sit back and say, all right, God, go build the building, go no. raise the money. No, we no. had to go and have conversations, and we had to put plans, and we had yeah, to meetings. You're the
1: executor. Yeah. You're the executor of the plan.
0: But And that's how God's getting people done. See, because I'm mean, i going to get emotional. Yeah, I love it. Because of what God did in that moment where I saw God do and how God reveals himself. Yeah. Again, that's that cooperation of God and human beings, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I agree. If anyone just says God's got to do it. There's a faith and trust that God's going to move, but it's never like, I just sit back and do nothing. That's well, not how God works. Take
1: the church out of it. It's a complete lack of responsibility and accountability, mm-hmm. if you think about it, to your yeah. own self. Like it's, if, you put, if you took church out, took God out, and put it in business, you're irresponsible and right. not accountable, period. Right. Just phase that in with church and God. You have a job to do. Like you, you can't ro- roll through life and just... And, just, and, and I know this might be controversial, but I don't like when people do this. And again, I'm a, I'm a newbie here, right? <laughs> I, I don't like when people put it all on God to do something for them. I'm like, well, where do you come in? Yeah. Where's your free will? Where's your choice? Where's you your power? Him. Hey, you're a bigger theologian, than you know. I'm telling you, yeah. And I've had, some, I've had some deep down arguments with people, and I'm like, look, this isn't an argument. If you apply this to the rest of your life, to raising your children, earning money, you can't, you, you literally can't just say, well, you know, I'm probably, God, um, it's Sunday and I know I've got like a ton of work to do for, to get ready for the week, but God rested on, on Sunday and I'm just going to trust that he'll just make it happen for me. He'll just make everything better. That's kind of the oper- the, the, the opinion that I've heard from people. It's like, they, well, they just dropped their level of accountability. Yeah, you're
0: right. And that's not, you're right. That, and that, if that's an excuse, right, there is, there's two extremes right there. It's like, it's all up to me. Right. And if it's going to be, it's up to me, and I got to make it all happen, and, and that leads to a striving and a lack of being able to enter into God's rest. Yeah, which is lack is terrible. Yeah, and it's exhausting because yeah. you can't. You're not meant to run that way. The opposite is exactly what you're saying: is well, God will just take care of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, we. That's the counterbalance. Yeah. That's, Whenever
0: you look at in Scripture, yeah, I, I think yeah, ten, I know you, that's your word. I would say tension. I think it's the both and kind we'll of would be the Catholic think, think thing. Think about
1: think about a pendulum swing, right? It, it can't be balanced because balance is is on the verge of not being balanced. Yeah. When you think about it, like if I, if I overweight this, it's going to tip. So balance is always – Well, just... yeah, I, I, I understand your – I would push it back on your analogy yeah.
0: there because I think, again, the, the Catholic thing would be kind of both ends. Sure. And it's not like half of you and half God. God wants 100% you, 100% him. You know, talk about marriage. Yeah. Marriage isn't 50-50. No, it's 100%, 100%. Yeah. And that's kind of the – that's what God's going towards. Like I want all of your mind, all of your heart – Right. And you're getting all of me too, so it's not like fifty-fifty. You do so. I think you. But you what get about, about what about
1: a pendulum? That's a hundred percent this way and a hundred percent this way. All even, right? All like you have to do a little here. Uh, here's a little here. Here's a little like. Would you I, agree yeah. with that at all? No, I don't like that analogy. Okay, I get, <laughs> I'll push back. Cut. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, this is, I think, awesome
0: conversation in the sense that I, I, I think. It goes a little bit to the yin and the yang kind of thing, which would be more Eastern and more Buddhist kind of thing. And that's – I just don't think that's the right perspective. Again, it's all – God is always at work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I get Some people
0: talk about like a stream and how we have to get into the stream and the flow of the spirit. But the spirit's there. Spirit's working. I get that. Are we getting into that flow? But I I think if it's like a pendulum, it's like our God – maybe God's holding
1: off like a little bit to see him move. Sure. Maybe that's where you're saying. I would kind of agree with your pendulum. But – Maybe that maybe maybe you can't throw God into the pendulum thing. Maybe it's just it's just a counterbalance in life. Yeah. And then there's then there's there's God kind of oh, like is the stream.
0: Yeah. The reason I get worked because I don't want people thinking God's ever withholding. I think no, God no. Is, God is always giving His grace. Right. Now sometimes He keeps us from seeing it or seeing that move because He's like, all right, I want you to move because what I really want is kind of what you talked about. Sure. I want to refine your character. Yep. I want your partnership. And you're not, if I just do it all for you, like right? the same way for our kids, we just do it all for our kids. Yeah, they're not going to learn. They don't learn. And right. same thing for us. <clears throat> so, um,
1: I don't know if do you have any more to say on that. That was a great no, conversation. I, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the constructive criticism there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm like to argue to about it. ideas, by I'm the way. I'm open to it because I, you're not just a person that's coming from no background basis like no foundation you have a a ton of that so i appreciate the input yeah. for sure like i'm not gonna argue with that all right i mean yeah that's good <laughs> that's good you bought some of my analogies i'll buy some of your. all right there you go there you go <laughs> um you know any scripture verse that's
0: hit you that's your, your favorite verse
1: 2717
0: wow i wasn't even gonna ask that question because i wasn't sure you're gonna have one go ahead what, what's psalm 2717
1: um iron sharpens iron Okay. Oh, proverb. That'd be proverb. Oh, proverb. Sorry. There yeah. you go. Iron you were sharpens iron. About, you were talking about Psalms, yeah. Um, proverb twenty-seven, seventeen. Okay. Iron sharpens iron. Okay. And so one. Any person, reason why? So one person helps another. Yeah. Because when I was thinking about a mission and like my coaching business started growing and there was a lot of people. You know, I've I have clients all over the world. Japan, Brazil, like Canada, Mexico, and there's no difference between the culture because it's all the person. It's the person that's gotten all those pieces of marble, the, the the armor on them. It's the person that is trudging through life with their past experiences and junk in tow, that they're you know making their present moment a part of the past. It's all a bunch of stuff. But like that one to me, when I started building a mission, a real mission, like statement for this business, that one just stuck out to me because it's so simple. It's mm. just so simple. It is like that's my job. My mission on this planet is to is to help other people in the way that I can. Yeah. And that, that is, that's cool. That is a that's the that's the strength we're talking about. That's that's not my strength. That's guidance from above and then me doing the work. Okay. On me. Yeah. To be able to help, but not me saying God wants me to do this. I'll just let the business come to me. I'll let the training just happen. I was When something showed up, I knew that that was the sign. Like I had a mentor back in 2016 who said to me, uh, I'll keep mentoring and coaching you if you go do this training and development course, which is called Landmark. It was the most brilliant, brilliant transformational coaching experience I've ever had. And so four days later, I was in Landmark, and it changed my life, and I have thousands of hours in Landmark today in training and coaches development and, and personal development. And a lot of that helps me help build the foundation of my business. Mm-hmm. But that showed up because he put it there. Right. And I had to take advantage and get right. up to New York and find a hotel and find somewhere to stay. I had to do all that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So two last, two more questions. Sure. So that one actually kind of led to the next one, which was, is there been a spiritual model for you? Or who's been the kind of spiritual mentor to you here so far?
1: Oh, here? Yeah. I was going to say nobody in my life, like before yeah. this. Um...
0: I know if Nicholas had been or Susan had yeah, been.
1: Yeah, I would say Nicholas definitely. Um, what's interesting is he said to me once, you know, you're like you're uh, the first meeting we had. Like you were just on the verge of tears. Like you were OK with showing that in front of a bunch of men, like 15 men sitting there yeah. in the small group, at seven o'clock in the morning. And he says, I want to I know where you get that confidence from. And I said, that's not confidence, it's just clarity. Like, I don't care if you judge me, that's okay. But if you're judging me, that means that you're just not in touch with that depth of your emotional state, and I'm here to help you. Yeah. So uh, I think like five years ago, I would have been not happy that you're judging, and I probably would have held off from showing that level of emotion because I was worried about judgment like most of us are, not being liked, not being right, not being smart, whatever. But he would kind of pull me off to the side after each uh, morning, you know, uh, small group meeting and just have conversations. And one day he sat me down and he said, you know, I want you to take my position over. And I said, I don't, how, do, how am I going to do that? I don't even know anything about this. And I don't know the Bible at all. I know, I know. Proverbs, <laughs> <right? Yeah. laughs> that's it. And, uh, and he said, that's the only proverb you, you need to know. Okay. And I said, that's literally the only thing from the Bible you need to know for this. Okay. Just, you're there to help. And then. What's very interesting and ironic is that all of his training was in landmark, but the predecessor to landmark, which was called the Est training, which was started by Warner Earhart, who's a who's a revolutionary in the personal development space. Hmm. So we had that, that, connection, that, that there. connection, which is very cool and an understanding of of what is. Not it is what it is, but just what is, which is in that present moment. So he sort of started that and then you and Father White and Susan and just uh, I'm getting so many different. So it's a community kind yeah, of Yeah, aspects of um, and, and I, I, I always tell people I'm very loyal to, to a couple of things. Leadership, great leadership is probably the first thing. Like although I'm a leader and I have a bunch of businesses and I lead other people, I'm still looking for leaders in my life that can help me level up and then I subsequently help them. So you guys have definitely been that in my life is, is the leaders I'm looking for. And I, you know, I, is, is every single thing you guys say, do I take it to heart? No, but I'm open to what you say because I see what you've done yeah. with your faith, with your belief, with your vision. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's really awesome.
0: So last question, to- I,
1: I think this is sort of, what are your thoughts on how
0: God wants to use you in the future? Or what is your, your next steps of, of faith?
1: Hmm. I know I, I haven't really thought about that. Okay. So knowing that the group life thing just hasn't it hasn't matched because I, I I've just my life just doesn't have that kind of time that's needed to be really really purposeful in that role. Um, when I talk to you about podcasting and the business aspect and helping you with messaging, that really turns me on because I do that in my just that's yep. one of my businesses. I just do that. So I. I think that I think that that aspect helping, especially here, get the word out, understand like other churches to understand these concepts and how they can they can replicate this and build this type of community where they are around the world. Really. I think that's important. I like messaging. I love talking on a mic. I love producing things and content so that people can take it for generations to come and learn from it. So I think that's probably where I'll, my, my time and efforts are used best. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks,
0: Ian. This was great. My pleasure. Yeah, this was really good. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for doing, doing it. Absolutely.
1: Anytime.